Blog Talk Radio. Well, greetings to everyone out in Blog Talk Radio Land and Podcast Land, and it's um, Memorial Day and uh, the holiday weekend, the kickoff of summer. Uh, we'll have a a song to celebrate, and um, this, as you know, is a Thousand Moms Talk. I'm Dave Baylog. I'm the Chief Information Officer for a Thousand Moms, building community support for LGBTQ youth in foster and adoptive care, and my uh, uh, cast podcast uh, uh, partner is, uh, of course, Dr. Ray Working, um, media mogul um, in the Albany capital region and, and worldwide. Um, Ray, would you call yourself a media mogul? Well, I won't argue with you. That sounds important. That's nice. I like it. Oh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, somebody like Rupert Murdoch would be called a media mogul as well. That's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you could be an impresario. An impresario. Now you got it. Yeah. And your show, uh, which you're listened to by uh, many, many across the the land and across the world is on COVID uh, induced hiatus and um, we appreciate you spending the time with us um, but uh, any update on the on the return of uh, this this show that's listened to by so many no home radio of course is broadcast from the WRPI Studios on Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, the seventh-rated uh, engineering school in the country, and the campus is essentially sealed. We have no no clue, no update. So your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Well, it's uh, I'm calling it Trump-induced coma. We're we're all we're all, <laughs> <laughs> we're all just at his mercy and. Uh, I think mercifully that will end um, soon, relatively soon. Um, But, Ray, we're going to talk about uh, PDAs today. And uh, I'm not a fan of acronyms, but PDAs stand for Public Displays of Affection. And um, it's a, a topic that I, I've spent um, in my new book, which is called Gay Pride, Gay Prejudice, How Brain Science is Helping to Conquer Fear and Misunderstanding. And public displays of affection are um, the third rail of social interaction uh, among gay people. Um, it can be, uh, how can I say, still... Uh, extremely daring to even hold a partner's hand or a significant other's hand if you're LGBT and um, do it in public and boy you really you could be risking your life 
literally. Would you agree with that, Ray? Yeah, as I was saying, a recent study came out that said there is not a single country, including the United States, where it's, quote-unquote, safe to, to even be holding hands, the most uh, basic of public displays of affection. It's um, it's just not happening. And though there are people I know who want to say how far we've come, when you use that as a gauge or a calibration, it indicates to me, David, that we have a long way to go in the LGBTQ plus community uh, because we can't, we're not able to express the most basic feelings of love for each other. You know, it really has a corrosive effect, not just on a couple, um, but also on individuals that uh, you have to really, as um, I quote in my book, Professor uh, Kenji Yoshino, the um, the very bright LGBT professor at NYU, uh, he calls it the cover, um, the stage of, of coming out, being gay, where you have to constantly monitor your situation for safety. Um, for that's a field I um, I've learned is is uh, called semiotics. It's communication. It's nonverbal communication through gestures or actions or um, well anything nonverbal really. And um, you know, folks don't imagine or straight folks can't imagine the stress that that adds to just everyday living um, that you um, have to monitor a situation uh, constantly. And really the only safe place to do, to do a simple gesture like a peck on, on the cheek or a, a, you know, a, a hug, a prolonged hug, not just a, you know, a bro hug, I think they call it. Um, you, you really have to be in a safe gay space. And, you know, those are, in everyday life, those are few and far between. Um, and I've given several examples in the book. And um, maybe you and I, Ray, could uh, just sort of trade off um, uh, uh, talking about it, sharing um, experiences, but um, I'll kick it off because I just thought this was such a an important um, topic to include in a book talking about uh, LGBT stress. And um, the first incident that I encountered that just really I sent a shiver down my spine was around the middle eighties and I was um uh dating a guy and um we happened to be in Grand Central Station. Uh and after they had uh, uh re uh they had cleaned up the beautiful ceiling work of um uh the uh, the constellations it's really quite striking. And um, we were walking across the station and feeling a little 
romantic in the in the in in the pre, you know it was just the whole scene it was uh, something that I'd always uh, enjoyed the the the, se- the station and the 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 activity and I, I, and and I I don't know who or what but we 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 grabbed hands and were walking for a little bit until a a uh, very stern-looking businesswoman um, made it her business to strongly object to what was what she saw, and she really had to look hard to, to find it. We were not, we were not, uh, as they say, flaunting, which is a ridiculous term. But we, um, she made it clear in her voice and in her demeanor that this was unacceptable and she uh, objected strongly and gave us a a really, really filthy look and then walked on her way to her her suburban train to back to safety. Um, But it's something obviously that, that, um, sticks with me all 30 plus years later and it was bad for the relationship it's one of those things that uh, uh, doesn't unite you it doesn't doesn't it's not a, a you know a feeling like well we're going to fight this we're going to be united and strong uh, you know that takes a lot to do that and um, it just sort of uh Sat there like a uh, like a uh, you know a bad um, whatever, and really just uh, was one of it didn't help the relationship which didn't last, and um, I situation has changed very much all these years later. Um, Ray, do you have any thoughts on uh, or any comparable? situations you well yes my my partner and i'm i met as many people know i know will be in the new book uh which i am feverishly completing called unapologetically alive which is my autobiography that's a a lyric from the uh alanis morissette song which my ex damien uh actually being a fan of alanis morissette uh said this is what you should do you know you're going to bear everything there's no question about whether you're going to tell anything because everything is fair game so one of those times occurred in 11th, excuse me, 12th grade. Uh, my partner and I had met on the first day of school in 11th grade. He was from Kuksaki, Athens, which is a prison town. And I he'd come to Columbia High School, my home high school, the year before, in the middle of the year, and somehow we never crossed paths. And my lunch period was messed up, and um, he had ownership of one of the lunch tables, and uh, I sat in, I was sitting in his seat, and he said, if you don't get out of that chair, I'm going to kill you. And by the end of the uh, lunch period, we were sitting together, and I was reading his palm. So uh, it was it was a sweet story. But we had to hide everything, uh, i.e. the life of a fugitive. Uh, but one time in the fall, we were, he did not excel in math as I did. I was taking something called college algebra, and he was taking a, a course uh, you know, another rung down in the ladder, and 
we arrived to go over uh, in in the empty classroom of Mr. Bourgeois, my teacher, and his in another period, um, to go over some uh, details with him on for the exam. And we got him done, went over a couple of axioms and postulates, and um, somehow spontaneously he kissed me on the on the forehead and said, this is for luck. And uh, like something out of a grade B movie, Mr. Bourgeois came around the corner and he saw it. Uh, He didn't say anything then, but the look in his eyes uh, sold so much he didn't have to. And we had 10 weeks just then, a quarter of the way through, and he kept encouraging everybody to come to everybody who had questions about the exams to come down. So my partner Bobby and I went down. Ten weeks into the school, just before the first major exam, we were taking two different courses, but going to the same teacher, and we thought we were doing something exemplary. And he said, uh, "Have you formulated, have you formulated questions?" And I said, "No." And then he gave us the reaming out of a lifetime for wasting his time without a a list of questions. You can't even formulate a question. You have the nerve to come down to my office and ask for help. Um, the protocol was always show up and, you know, he would give you some examples or whatever. And we we went through living hell with him after that. So, you know, <laughs> policy, talk about policy all the time. Um, you know, the policy in every suburban council school, which, is the, which are the 13 most common here, non-city schools, the suburban schools. Every one of them, I know this from serving on the school board uh, for nine years, has a policy against any PDAs. So if you want to argue it, you can always say, of course it's wrong. You can't do PDAs. But the kids at the Gay Straight Alliance, Dave, they, they ask me all the time, Dr. Working, no matter what the policy is, why is it okay that the males are all over the girls? Embarrassingly so. And they'll say that. And yet we as guys cannot even put our, our arm around each other's shoulders, hold hands. Uh, even today, you know, the fist pump is in. Even that is has been called into to question. And and that's very sad. And and the reason it's sad is because as a, as a clinical psychotherapist, um, the tactile sense, the sense of touch is so important. It bonds you to someone else. And if you're denied that natural sense, and again, we're not talking about uh, anything grossly acute, something that you know really would have to be stopped at a dance or, or on the steps of the school at the end of the day. We're talking the kind of thing that's happened since my time, since your time, since the beginning of time, and it's just not allowed between male and male. And it's called the mm. yuck, the uck, or the ick factor, or the yuck factor. I've heard been told, and it's. Why it bothers me the most, and I'll, I'll bring my comment to a close, is that it denies the very essence of your being. It's wrong. It's telling you it's wrong for you people to be together. It speaks volumes. You take the tactile sense away, you have nothing. You know, so all the studies about what happens to kids who are not hugged, they don't thrive. They don't thrive at all. And um, they develop that, you know, sense uh, of of hopelessness and depression and they you know a child that's hugged and hugged and hugged and loved knows it and, and it's expressed in their personality and and you're doing that to a kid when you're saying uh, or the antithesis of that when you don't touch them they need 
to have a sense of touch. And if that means coming out and punching, punching your buddy in the, in the arm. It's funny how, David, the things that gay guys can do and get away with in sports, and you're between us. I mean, by hands down, you're the sportsman. Um, you know, all kinds of, of uh, horseplay that goes on in locker rooms, and now it's different, but certainly did forever. Um, you know, uh, of course, horseplay, playing around. Grab assing, yeah. touching private parts. I mean, it was just part of the landscape between straight guys. But if they know they're gay, it suddenly becomes something horrible. And and yet those are the same ones who will hold us uh, to a higher standard of, it isn't even a standard, a higher level of behavior. And uh, I've just seen what it yields. And it yields depression. It yields uh, learning disabilities. If you're not hugged, if you're not cuddled, Cuddle is my favorite word in the English language, and you're just not able to do that. Yeah, and one of the, speaking of sports, for the name of a radio show, um, um, my mother, well, you know, she uh, she grew, and, and but she, she had a real um, problem with uh, her own homophobia. And it was it was frightening for me early on. Um, one of her real pet peeves was uh, if she saw the very patting another player on the butt or or a football player. Or, it's a very common thing still for for you know the no homo uh, uh, straight boys who who uh, will yell faggot on on the as a slur um, to to uh, pat each other on the butt, and um, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it was it was one of my mother's. She even verbalized it. She, she I don't know why they have to do that, and um, I had no answer. I mean, I was emotionally running for the hills, but uh, the the, the the hypocrisy is, is, I mean, there's a book in that. Maybe it's been written. I haven't seen it. But the, the hypocrisy of such homophobia coming from the sports world, um, yet yeah, they, they, um, they manifest the most homoerotic uh, uh, actions. And even the uniforms, um, uh, maybe with the exception of basketball, which are, have gone from uh, uh, tight-fitting to almost looking like uh, zoot suits from the, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but, but look at a football player's uniform, which <laughs> it's, it's extremely tight pants, uh, showing everything, and now they don't wear what religion a uh, any football player is, and you can tell whether they go to the right or go to the left, and not on a play. I'm talking about, but um, I mentioned this to a a friend who uh, she really has issues with being homophobic, and um, she has at least one gay son, but she can't talk about it. And um, I mentioned this. Trivia. I thought it was trivial and 
and and a joke and it she I said here I'll, I'll call up any picture on Google and show you a football player oh no oh no oh no I don't want to see it oh no like it was uh, you, you know uh, go near it and I I just said this this I'm just making a joke it's not I don't mean to offend you <laughs> it's, it's just to point out the hypocrisy and um uh, not not cool and um so ray there's 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 that uh i i think you know isn't it interesting that the most popular sport is football and it's practically a homoerotic orgy on on the field uh with, with you know tight uniforms grabbing butts uh no jocks <laughs> what is going on here? I had a professor who called it um, the new religion in America, and and it, it's almost got the fertility rights in it. But uh, uh, he called it a religion. Well, it's played on Sunday, and you have these announcers who are very serious, and um, you know they're they're the, the new priests, and uh, that that's served up to millions of uh, American men every Sunday. Uh, I mean, it, it's just got to be the, uh, I mean, God must have a sense of humor. <laughs> with, with, with all of this. And, uh, you know, in football, they they print money. They, 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 they just own the, uh, the cultural sports world anyway uh, and the poor baseball players who still looked uh, pretty good um, um, have, have fallen down to second and third place by far but um, anyway I don't want to stray too far from our topic here um, another uh, uh, form of uh, PDA public display of affection that I, I, I've written about in the book is hugging. Um, seemingly innocuous, but um, I was uh, I was watching the uh, the Stephen Colbert show the, uh, one time, and he had a he was having a very uh, long discussion uh, with somebody about hugging his guests or greeting his guests as they came on the show, as they were introduced and, um, and they greeted and, and, um, and he said it was a real problem. Do you, do you do, as I said, the bro hug, which is grab each other's shoulders uh, for men, or do you um, a peck on the cheek for women or two pecks on the cheek, like the, the European style, or do you, do you kiss a woman's hand? Do you give just a handshake to a man with a, you know, with a uh, uh, an elbow uh, hug? And um, he was, I just had to laugh. I mean, he's really calling this problematic. And uh, I said, boy, brother, you need to be in our shoes. I mean, uh, you, you know, we, we can't. Do any of that stuff? It's it's just 
taboo. And um, I really, really, I don't want to get on a high horse or or uh, make a, a capital, you know, offense out of all of this. But it is very, it, it, it's sort of this, the cement that that holds relationships together, even casual relationships, even friendships. And, uh, you know, when I'm with Fred, uh, the most I've ever, we've ever gotten away with is a, is a hug at the bus station, um, which is sort of, uh, you know, but it has to be brief. It can't be long because then you're crossing the line into um, intimacy or, or romanticism. And, um, um, well, Ray, why don't we, uh, I have a, uh, a song for us to, uh, <laughs> to sort of, uh, celebrate if we can, the, the summer, um, uh, the kickoff of this summer season. And, um, so why don't we play it, come back and, uh, this song is by uh, the singer Billy Stewart from 1966, um, from Porgy and Bess, and
summertime and Ray what I always almost unconsciously do is I I substitute uh, genders and um, uh, you know I um, imagine he's singing to a a guy or um, and I I I wanted to just uh, talk a bit a little bit about a movie I saw last night and um, it has come recommended and it's about a five-year-old movie and uh, in it well one of the things I wanted to know and I don't know if this bothers you but these are two young uh, actors in a gay relationship and um, they don't seem to be going through any of the angst of uh, uh, public displays of affection, but they, um, uh, which on the one hand seemed wonderful, but on the other hand, it's just, you know, I said, this is happening in Ohio and this isn't realistic. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, but anyway, I wanted to know in the end, um, were either of these acts actors actually gay and I don't know if that matters to you if you've thought about it um, I want to know because um, I think most often they're not uh, parts of of gay playing gay role uh, actors playing gay roles are usually straight or very reluctant to say they're gay and in this particular movie I just thought it mattered. I mean, I wanted to know, um, was this realistic? Was this uh, uh, acting? And I couldn't find out. I I mean, there was no information anywhere about whether either of these actors was gay. I I mean, years ago, there was a big um, issue in New York about uh, there was a a role of a Chinese or a Vietnamese person, that was it, in uh, Miss Saigon, and they wanted to cast a Caucasian in it. And, and you know, that's particularly offensive, particularly offensive uh, to have straight people playing gay parts. Um, Ray, what do you think of that? Well, you know, I, I love the way you uh, come up with just the right phrases. And We were doing a pre um, podcast meeting in the early morning hours, and we used the term third rail. This is this is a third rail on homo radio. Uh, I put my feelings out there like I always do, and oftentimes I get pushed back. Um, I totally agree with you. Um, I feel that it's it, it's important that the gay characters be played by gay individuals. Um, this sparks a controversy immediately. Why? The very essence of acting is being able to play a part even if you're not the individual that you're, you know, uh, portraying on the stage. And I I don't, just like, you know, 
you can't understand what it's like to be gay until you walk in my shoes. I understand that I can't understand what an African-American goes through totally because I never walked in their shoes. And I think that is conveyed in the persona of the uh, character, you know, of the actor who becomes that person. So, you know, I, I tend to lose on this on the show. I'm not sure I lose in terms of emails because many people, and this is a, a psychodynamic to consider, that write to me are very disappointed that the actors are not gay. Um, call me by your name. The uh, the actor in that, oh, I believe the younger one. Is it the younger one, I believe, professes to be uh, straight? No, the they older one, are, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, which just makes me crazy. I, I, I mean, the older actor, the older character, uh, one I don't think is a very good actor to begin with. But uh, the whole premise, the whole, I don't know. what I, I didn't see the movie, so I shouldn't be I going did. into it. Yeah. yeah. And I just talked to several people who were just offended by, you know, not only he was a straight actor, but he was really playing a a, a straight character who goes off and gets married, I guess, and has this summertime fling and, and uh, you know, he has a summertime fling with this guy and uh, the, the the younger guy who is a straight actor, very hurt in the movie, and boy does that open up a, a, a wound for me anyway, of, of uh, you know, confusion and uh, uh, you know, it just is uh, the psych, as you say, Ray. The psychodynamics of it are just mind-boggling, and 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 yet there are people who, uh, gay people who just worship that movie, think it's the best thing since uh, sliced bread, and and um, I just uh, I just couldn't see it. I I, I just. Um, I, I, that's for another book, I guess. But uh, "Call Me by My Name" is is uh, just not on my list of movies to see. And uh, um, a friend of mine just called it offensive. It was uh, um, written by a straight person without any gay sensibilities, and. Um, uh, and if this is uh, what go, passes for breakthrough, I, you know, I'll pass on it. <laughs> Try again, guys. Then again, you have something like Brokeback Mountain, uh, two straight guys, and I, I guess I it it didn't bother me. I did like the movie very much, and I guess because I wasn't offended by, I I think the the the, the producer the um, the author uh, really took risks and went out of his way to to uh, understand the culture and got things right and didn't create a a, a, a prettied up world and um, so anyway and and that does sort of relate to public displays of affection because we rely on images and and for um, uh, as as a as a minority, we need these 
social images to um, um, give us, you know, uh, strength or, or uh, reinforcement. And um, so um, then the, there's the business of, uh, you know, holding hands in the movie theater. Well, that's a no-no too. But, uh, you know, that's almost an American right, you know, to, to go to the movies. And you don't watch the movie. You make out with your girlfriend, or your, you know, uh, uh, hetero couples, uh, you know, especially teen, in the teen years or young adults. That's what they do. They go to the movies and it's a make-out session. Well, don't do it if you're a, a gay couple. Um, it's just uh, not done. But Ray, I, I, I just in closing, I mean, we just have a few minutes. I, I, you know, public displays of affection can run the the a whole gamut of things, and one of the things that that really motive well, um, I identified with was the the issue of renting an apartment, doing it individually, and then sneaking your uh, partner into the apartment and it's just I I don't know it's just there was no there were no rules about doing it and um you know Fred and I lived in an apartment for 20 years and it I always felt uneasy I I just didn't know what the rules were I didn't know if the landlord would uh uh come down on me and eventually he did and um but I do want to tell the story of uh, my friend Tom, Tom Baranowskis, who uh, unfortunately passed away 20 years ago. But um, I knew him in New York. He is actually from Schenectady originally, which is ironic uh, now that I live in Schenectady. And uh, he moved to New York where I met him and was in a relationship. And he and his partner got a, an apartment in Queens, uh, Archie Bunker uh, country, and um, uh, they were harassed by this uh, landlord, uh, the, this uh, middle-aged woman that was a family, small, two-apartment two set up, and, and she just harassed them to the point where Tom said, I've had enough, and he was not a... He was very hard to get angry, um, but um, he uh, convinced his boyfriend that, that, you know, we have to get out of here. And they decided to move to San Francisco, um, where, unfortunately, Tom caught AIDS, and uh, and um, they broke up, and uh, Tom died. I happened to, Fred and I happened to see him just, just a little bit before. He passed, and it was just awful. But I, I just thought, you know, if 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 this landlord had been uh, so not so intolerable, his life could have taken a different course. Um, I know we're all responsible for our choices, but the choices are slim and harder for gay people. Um, Ray, any thoughts on on that? 
Well, it's it's a recurring story, um, and it happens still out here. I mean, no one can openly say it, but they're much more apt to under the Trump administration. But um, the truth be told, most landlords do not want gay couples. Those that are more savvy and pragmatic, however, will tell you that we are the best tenants you ever have. We have the cleanest homes, the most well-decorated, and, uh, you know, it's just part of the, again, the persona of, of being gay that the typical, not all, but the typical gay male takes care of cars and houses very well. And, and as children. a result of that, and, and, and I'm sorry. And children. And children, exactly. I mean, gay dads make dads. I mean, and it's no accident. And lesbian moms make the best moms. They, they're, they didn't conceive this child in the back of a 57 Chevy. They, they spent a lot of money and time and love and caring, and, and they know what, you know what it's all about. But um, there's this profile, this profile that people want, and uh, of you know, two uh, parents, two kids, house in the country, all the entrapments, and I, th- I think this topic is just at the top of every list. And I'm going to gay straight alliances. I realize that, and I hope we can get to talk about it again because it's really important. Yeah, and I, you know, I I do uh, want to encourage people to. Uh, by the book, uh, I, I feel like the book is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, I talk about uh, just what it takes to survive the stresses and traumas of, of, of being gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, uh, and intersex, in queer and intersex in this society. You, you know, I, I think gay marriage was wonderful. Uh, marriage equality was wonderful, but I don't think the society was ready for it. And, um, uh, you know, Benjamin Franklin said uh, um, that laws without morals are vain, and I don't think we have the morals to to back up our laws right yet. But, Ray, uh, it's time to uh, close up shop. I want to urge people, again, please buy the book, Support a Thousand Moms. Uh, the book is, again, uh, Gay Pride, Gay Prejudice. Um, my name is David Balog, B-A-L-O-G. You can find this by uh, doing a quick search on Amazon.com or go to our website, uh, HealingTheBrainBooks.com. That's HealingTheBrainBooks.com. And um, we'll be shortly. And uh, I want to thank you, Ray. And uh, we'll be talking soon.
Cause there's nothing I'm gonna 